And it's going to be a good day. Welcome again to the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, and we have a great show planned for you today. Talking to my good friend, Joe Crisali, about week two in the NFL Seahawks and Patriots for a classic game with Cam Newton and Russell Wilson shining. Seahawks getting the win there. We break down the rest of the week two NFL slate as well. Who's hot? Who's not? Teams on fire. Lots of injuries, unfortunately. What to expect going forward. We talk about the Stanley Cup, Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning nodded at one all. Break down that series as well as give our thoughts on the NHL awards, some basketball and some baseball as well as the NBA Finals are around the corner and the MLB playoffs are days away. We are getting to that point now. It's the Money Mitch Effect. Joe Crisali, I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. Let's start the show. All right, back on the Money Mitch Effect. Got to get to my boy here for the busiest September of sports of all time. Never to be topped again, hopefully. <laughs> Joe Crisali on the Money Mitch Effect. Joe, thanks for joining, man. Yeah, it's almost too much going on at once. I don't know. I can't really handle it, especially with all the despair and sadness in, in my life with sports now. Yeah, we can kind of, well, we can get, we can just get this out of the way. Uh, I, I'm with you. There, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sports. It's almost too much. Um, I've watched a little baseball. I haven't fully dive, dove into it. And I haven't really, you know, nothing personal, but I just haven't really watched a lot of basketball because my priorities, as you know, lie in other sports. So we'll get this out of the way. Nuggets are, uh, are in a free fall, it looks like, in the Western Conference Final. But hey, 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 they're hey, there, hey. No, but no. they're there. <laughs> Nuggets in seven, baby. Come oh, on, okay. See, I thought you – no, this is somebody – now, allegedly, somebody I know said they were going to cry themselves to sleep after game two. So I'm, I'm just – I did. I thought I was consoling you, our but you're apart, positive. Our, our apartment was – when that – oh, my God. When when Anthony Davis sunk that shot, I pushed, put my face in my hands, and our apartment just went dead silent for the rest of the night, and we basically just went to bed. We put the Patriots-Seahawks game on, and we didn't say a word to each other the entire night. Okay. And but- – it was I, just pure sadness. I just want to. I just want to make sure one thing's clear. You, you're a Nuggets fan, okay? That was a brutal loss. You happen to live with a Patriots fan, and I'm not. I have no sympathy for that loss. I, I have no sympathy <laughs> for any Patriots fan, especially which. And and it's fitting because we're going to start with that game first of all. The Patriots they actually lose better than everybody else because this is the most excited I've ever seen any team yeah. after a loss. She she was. She even said that after the game, it was the happiest she's ever been after a loss because seeing how good Cam Newton was, you kind of just look at it like, okay, uh, nothing has changed for the Patriots. Cam Newton, have you ever seen him, other than the MVP, or have you seen him play that well? I've, I mean, he's got Belichick coaching him up, McDaniels calling the plays. I haven't seen a rejuvenated and a healthy and a – just that good cam newton in the last couple of years and i yeah. did we all really ex- not expect this to happen you put a player with the talent that cam newton has on a team that's coached by bill belichick what do you expect yeah. and you have all these other teams like the bears that they traded for nick Foles, and they just don't sign cam newton you got to look at all these other teams that need quarterbacks that needed quarterbacks at that time and they looked and they didn't sign cam newton that's mm-hmm. uh it's a bad look yeah, although it, I should point out the Bears are two and zero, so <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. We but can get, I mean, if you want to go into that, that they should be zero and two. So they should, <laughs> at least one and one. Uh, at that point, though, the only thing I needed to see was his health 
because he took a lot of shots beforehand. But yeah, paired up with McDaniels, with Belichick. I haven't seen Cam throw this well, this accurate, maybe ever. I mean, it's just been something to see. Now, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit because as great as Cam is and as great as he looks as being the, you know, a future cornerstone for this Pats team, it wasn't the prettiest game. And I should point this out too. If it wasn't for that pick six, I don't even know that we're ha- – or and that terrible decision to uh, – unless you're my fantasy team, that terrible decision to throw on third and three. <laughs> it's kind of crazy that it came down to the goal line play because the Seahawks, led by the guy that's the front runner for the MVP right now, Russell Wilson, absolutely destroyed that Patriots defense about as bad probably since that Super Bowl loss to the Eagles. You have to go back years to see – that defense really get gashed like that. So I, I I think it's good to see Cam. You have your future, and you probably have low expectations if you're a Patriots fan going into this year. It's good to see Cam and the future is there, but this team does have some uh, some weaknesses, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, you got to give them credit, though. They lost a lot of quality defensive starters in free agency and just in the offseason. So for them to even kind of not necessarily keep them in the game mm-hmm. – uh, but to kind of give him a chance, I mean, Winovich made a couple nice plays. Yeah. Uh, Gilmore did not look good against DK. DK kind of just bodied him on that deep touchdown pass. He just the, that throw even, was it sick. was even PI. That throw it was was, it was disgusting. Russ is how DK yeah. got got how DK didn't go in the first and he dropped to the third. Everybody said he didn't he couldn't run routes. That's all just a load of nonsense because he made Stephon Gilmore look silly for a decent amount of that game and. That Seahawks offense, they're legit. I mean, first off, what is with the Seahawks and throwing it in key situations against the Patriots just I know. every year? It just doesn't make any sense. But you you were happiest about that. <laughs> yeah, one yeah, yard. One, one point from Carson would have doomed me. Uh, they decided to throw. Should point out that Nikhil Har- Harry of the Patriots and uh, I believe his name is J.J. Arkea Whiteside of the Eagles. Two receivers, just to name a few, drafted ahead of DK Metcalf. Some teams would like to have that. And Kill Harry, and Kill Harry doesn't look bad either. But honestly, to say that Cam Newton isn't might not be the savior of this team, I I think he. I mean, after two weeks, he looks like the savior of this team. They know exactly how to utilize him, and he, he even without all of the um, not a lot of quality players on offense for him. Like Julian Edelman is probably his best receiver. Like you said, and Kill Harry doesn't have great tight ends. His running back. His running game is kind of iffy. He still almost threw for 400 yards, and he ran. Yeah. He ran for two touchdowns. So they know yeah. exactly how to utilize him. And he was maneuvering around the pocket with ease, and he just made it look easy for going against a good, really good Seahawks team. Now, obviously, the Seahawks they have some defensive studs that made some great plays. Like Jamal Adams was just all over the field that entire game. And I told my Seahawks fans friends up here that that was a Super Bowl move by them to go get Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. Jamal Adams isn't just another player. He's a game-changing they, player. They paid a price saw, for him. We saw that. They paid a price for him. That, that That's a win-now move. And I get it. I get the move. Man, that is... That, that's, that might be the best quarterback in football. And, and we're getting into that rarefied air because every year he seems to have gotten better. Mahomes, we know. Rodgers has been doing it. Lamar has an MVP. Kyler Murray's the talk of the league. But there's something about Russell Wilson and Joe, we, we've mentioned this before on this podcast, but there's something about him in big moments. There, there's something about him in the fourth quarter with the game on the line when you need a score that this guy delivers. 
I like how the Seahawks are built. They're in a very tough division where they're going to be pushed, and I actually think that can be a good thing. I'm buying the Seahawks this year. I, I saw you pick them to win the Super Bowl, and uh, you know I think you might be uh, onto something there. That wasn't and that that wasn't a homer pick just because no. I live here. I mean, I, you look at that team, and I I predicted Russell to win MVP this year too, and those two picks are not yeah. looking bad right now. But um, they're they're going to be a tough team to beat. In that division, too, like the 49ers just had all those injuries. I'm kind of just going to toss them by the wayside at this point. Ooh, and the ah. Cardinals look like that, that up-and-coming team. Don't, the 49ers, really, I mean, they have nobody on offense. Mostert just went down. Garoppolo has a high ankle sprain. They lost Bosa. They lost Thomas. And who's and Debo doesn't come back until next week. Their best receiver right now is uh, who? The rookie. Brandon Ayuk, and he just came back last week, didn't do anything. Kittle, obviously their best player. Yeah. He was no. out last week. They're just kind of too, too injury riddle for me. If, I mean, if they're starting Nick Mullins every week or even Garoppolo, he didn't. Yeah. He missed a lot of throws but in that first game. Here's, yeah, and, here's, here's you what got I'll the Rams, say, though. You're, you're right. Then you got the Rams. Rams and Cardinals both look good, and the Seahawks are nasty. But I want to point out, seven playoff teams this year, important reminder, and the Niners have that core in place to where – can they tread water until, you know, they're one-on-one right now. Can they tread water until they get some, not all, obviously. Bosa and Thomas are done. Ford's going to be out, most hurt. The next three games, Joe, Giants, trash. Eagles, I mean, <laughs> let's be real what we see with the Eagles. And the Dolphins. Just continue what you're saying about trash, yeah. So Giants, Eagles, Dolphins are your next three games. Obviously, when you get to Rams and Patriots, you're going to feel it. You might not win, you know, Rams, Patriots, Seahawks are the following three, so... Yeah, those are going to be tough. But if they can if they can bank some wins against some bad teams, you know, nine and seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna say nine and seven is probably going to get in. It's in in the playoffs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Teams. So nine can you get seven, to? Nine. So it, it's going to be a battle. I think they're definitely uh, knocked down a step. The Niners. Uh, thank God they played the Jets because you wouldn't know that anybody got hurt. Their whole team's out, and they're just running away <laughs> with the game. Imagine what it took to beat the Jets. They lose all those players. It's just got to be so disheartening. It's like, God, do we really need to lose these guys to beat the Jets? Yeah, and most of those players, um, you know, most of it runs for a touchdown his first carry, has one called back later. Uh, Garoppolo doesn't play the second half. I actually think Mullins, as far as backup QBs go, is solid, and I trust Shanahan to you know, beat the teams he should and be creative enough to just get by garbage teams, but... I do agree partially that when you get to the top teams that you're going to feel those injuries. So I'm not going to bury the Niners, but I understand that they're a peck below. But where the Seahawks they're are, just, yeah, I mean, it's tough to they're get They're just shallow. Their roster, without those guys, they just it's just shallow. And I don't know if they can keep up with maybe like a surprise team coming out, you know? Like, obviously, the, um, the Buccaneers, I, I think they need to work on quite a bit of things. Tom Brady well, uh, did not look great in the first two games the saints losing to well, the raiders yeah. i told i i made a bet with my friend i said buccaneers are going to win that division over the saints now obviously both teams are one and one right now but the saints did not look good last night they had no michael thomas they're another roster that's pretty shallow for the most part and they're they they're old the breeze is old mm-hmm. i don't i don't know how he's going to now that brady is obviously old too but um they definitely have more playmakers on that yeah. team but that game against Carolina for Tampa Bay should have been more of a blowout, but uh, there were a few drop touchdown passes, especially LaShawn McCoy in the back of the end zone on a perfectly thrown ball by Brady. Um, but I don't know about the other teams that are going to um, 
you know, make it in that, in that, uh, NFC. You yeah. got Green Bay. That might be the team that kind of is just like, okay, we're just going to win this this year because they look that good. Aaron Jones absolutely blew up in that last game, and their their roster is is pretty good. But outside of Devontae Adams, they don't really have amazing pass catchers. And I hate to say Chicago, but you know they're two and zero right now. They could slip in. And Minnesota doesn't look like they yeah, could do a lick of anything. I mean, what was Kirk there. Cousins in that first half? Like fifty-seven yards and two picks. I mean, that, give me a yeah. break. Come on. Like, that was brutal. But, I mean, it, it looks likely that you could see very realistically three NFC West teams, given the playoff yeah. structure and given how tough those teams are. The Rams last year were nine and seven, uh, with Golf having a terrible year. You expect him to be, you know, we can criticize him enough. He'd be a little better. They're doing the running back by committee approach, which is the right way to do it. They allocated the money. I don't know how the Rams have this. Can we talk about that? How do the Rams have all this money? They're just dishing out a new deal, a new $60 million deal every week. To every player on the roster. Oh, Cooper Cup, here you go. Robert Woods, here you go. Goff, but they have go. the I best mean, but they have the best player maybe in football in Aaron Donald. I mean, that guy destroys yeah. defense, destroys offensive lines and offensive game plans every week. And you expect that team to always contend in every game that they're in. The Cardinals, um, you know, Joe, they beat the, the Niners week one. That was a good win. I don't expect Washington to be very good this year. But the Cardinals are exciting. I don't know. The Cardinals are I don't exciting. Know. You think, okay, so maybe. It's hard, it's hard to not root for Ron Rivera with True. Uh, the Washington football team. I mean, that defense, that defensive front, they got a great pass rush. They're, they have great run D, obviously. It was hard to stop Kyler. He just looks kind of ridiculous this year. He's like he's just unbelievable. But um, yeah. it's hard to, to not to not root for them to to see. I mean, Ron Rivera is getting cancer treatment at halftime. Like, and I just and I, I think he's changed the culture. They compete. They're building young and, and at, at key positions like the defensive line. But I think they're a little bit away, and I don't think they're there yet. I think that win over the Eagles was a, was a win with a lot of heart, but it was also the Eagles blowing a seventeen nothing lead. Um, and they've got a ton of issues, but you know the Cardinals are good. I just don't think they're quite tested yet. And I know Kyler taking it by storm looks exciting. I just I want to see some of these tougher games. You know, I just want to. I'm just going to pump the brakes a little bit because that division, as we know, is tough and. There's going to be some battles for him. So I'm, I'm excited, yeah. and, and there's a lot more I want to talk to here, Joe Crisali, on the Money Mitch effect. Um, that NFC South, those two teams that you did mention, the Saints and the Bucks, because I think we'll get to the other, we'll get to one of the other teams in a second, but they're the, they're the class of this division, as poor at times as they've looked, both one and one, both older teams dealing with some injuries. I'd like to see, and I think we might have seen it with Tampa Bay, I'd kind of like to see the Saints too, Develop into more of a run-heavy attack. Use Kamara, maybe mix in Murray, because their receiving core isn't that great. Breeze isn't getting any younger. And Joe, you saw Tampa Bay basically do that in the second half when the game got on the line. We're just going to pound Leonard Fournette and let him lead us to victory, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, exactly like you said. The, the difference, though, between Tampa Bay and New Orleans is obviously Tampa Bay, they just have more on offense and I definitely think that they have more playmakers on defense as well they had uh Shaq Barrett's back there sack leader last year I mean New Orleans they got picked apart by Derek Carr if you're getting picked apart by Derek Carr I don't really yeah I was ready to say he just sucks at in the first half when he missed rugs twice going to the end zone but he missed quite a bit but and still picked them apart Waller's a beast Jacobs is the bell cow running back and I can be critical of John Gruden a lot, but the more you watch, the more you watch Derek Carr. 
I understand now why Gruden is so conservative because you have to be with him, with him as your quarterback. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you pretty much have to. Back to the NFC South, though, with the Saints, I just kind of feel like their time has passed. It's come and gone. You know what I mean? They got, I'm not there they yet, got, though. I'm not there. I mean, is their time come and pass as a contender to win a championship? Maybe. Yeah, and I would say, okay. But that I mean. division yeah, is still the, winnable. Yeah, I mean, I, as a contender to win, I think their time has come and gone. But I think over as the season progresses, you're already seeing it the first couple weeks. The Saints are – they don't have that much on offense. Breeze is – old <laughs> and without their top receiver they don't really have much other than like you said they should just hand it to Kamara every single play but I think as the season goes on obviously Tampa Bay they acquired all of these different players on offense the first couple weeks of the season are going to be tough for them you can't just throw all these guys on a team and expect yeah. them to click right away but as we progress through the year I feel like they're going to build that rapport and it's just going to be uh they're just going to kind of blow teams out what happened with Peyton Manning when he got old with the Broncos? Even Tom Brady, the last Patriots Super Bowl, their teams, their coaches kind of morphed into we're going to be run heavy, we're going to be lean on our defense. And you could say turn the quarterbacks a little into game managers, but it was different. Can the Saints make that progression? I don't know. We haven't seen it yet. I would just slightly give pause to it being over because I think the Raiders might be a, a good football team. They have the potential to be. And that was the first game in their new stadium going to be playing with a lot of potential there as well. So we'll see. I mean, they yeah, got the I'm, Packers I'm, this week. We're going to see week three if they can contend or not. I'm not – I mean, I'm not writing the Saints off. Obviously, I think that they're going to be a playoff team. I'm just saying that over the course of the year, I think the Buccaneers are just going to be a little bit better than they are. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I'm – Just enough. And the I don't thing, know. Tampa's looked Brady vulnerable Manning, too. That's the thing. Tampa's looked vulnerable too. Yeah, I, well, yeah, first two weeks. But like I said, they got all those players that they threw on that team, and they're not going to click right away. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, like you said, with when the Broncos got Manning, I think Manning and Brady are just two totally different quarterbacks at the stages of their career. I mean, watching Peyton Manning the last two seasons in a Broncos uniform was just, whew, it was rough. He, I mean, he looked just like Eli. He was just throwing floppy ducks around and wasn't hitting his receivers. He just looked not great back in the pocket. I mean, Brady obviously was a little bit short on some throws, but he's he's done everything that he's needed to do, I guess, to get right. to where he is right now. So I, I just have a little bit more faith in him um, to, to get some more wins. And I, that Fournette-Ronald Jones combo is pretty solid. And he, they do good. have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. They have, I mean, Gronk didn't catch a pass last week, but they have him and they have O.J. Howard. They're just the amount of weapons they have on the offense, I just find it hard to pick against them, especially when you're comparing them to the Saints. Breeze is up there in age, and Kamara is really their guy, their only guy other than Michael Thomas. And without Thomas in there, I, I just don't see it. And all the love for Taysom Hill, I'm kind of over all that. Like, he's just kind of a gadget player. Obviously, mm -hmm. he's a great player, but he's not like, you know, he's not going to win you a game. Watch him go out next week and just win the game. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's something to monitor. Saints got him week one, but the Bucks looking all right. Saints a little vulnerable. I think that's going to go down to the wire with those two teams. Joe, let me ask you this question, though, as far as NFL week two football went. What surprised you more that the Cowboys had their comeback win, got that crazy onside kick, won the game, Dak just pulled that game out, or Josh Allen 400 yards what three or four touchdowns, no picks for Buffalo? Um, 
I think I think I would go with the Cowboys. Josh Allen was playing the Dolphins, so I mean, that's still give him that. that is look. He does the thing. I bring up Josh Allen amazing. because he looks. I shouldn't say looks even. He produces now like a legit guy, like a legit good starter, like not just necessarily a running back, so to speak. He's putting up the numbers. He's making you think, making me think that maybe Diggs was kind of that missing piece. That if you just gave him a deep threat, that could be the final they piece of that. They got him a legit receiver, and this is what I guess you get with the legit receiver, which opened it up even more so for John Brown, who can now just do what he does and run and run deep and and just get by people. But Josh Allen is is uh is pretty ridiculous. He's a he's a big guy. He's tough. When he dropped Kyle Van Noy on that stiff arm and just oh, kept running over ooh. people for that eight-yard game, yeah. that was just unbelievable to watch. A quarterback do that. Um, but, yeah, I, the Bills are legit for sure. Their defense is ridiculous. And Josh Allen definitely – I know he got a lot of flack for the first couple of years he was in the league and for how high he was picked. But I think with McDermott there as head coach, he's done an amazing job. And I, I, I think that – they kind of have that culture there, and, and they all kind of believe in him now. Yeah. Um, this is coming far and away from last year in the playoffs when he what lost thirty yards on a play <laughs> against. Yeah. He kind of he kind of went rogue there, uh, and Dable calling the offense too. I can't wait for those Bills Patriots games. Those are going to be great. Uh, AFC East on the line. You would think there, uh, getting him a receiver. It's kind of why I haven't fully given up on Sam Darnold yet. I think he just needs to get away from Gase and get some legit weapons. But. Uh. That's How enough. does that guy still have a it's job? It's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't, How is he still a coach? Being friends with Peyton Manning will get you far in this world. Uh, and and okay. I think we should just admit now that the Falcons are cursed and it's just never going to happen. <laughs> no, yeah, totally agree. That that onside kick, uh, I mean, they were up, what, 20-0 uh, after the first quarter and uh, Cowboys fighting back. You kind of felt like that was going to happen. Maybe like they would at least make it a game. You didn't maybe necessarily think they were going to come back and win the game in that fashion but i've never seen an onside kick like that that just like spinny little bowling kind of twirl whatever the hell it was but if i'm not mistaken couldn't the falcons have just jumped on that and it would have been a penalty and a re-kick they could have kicked it out of bounds they could have literally just walked up to the ball and just punted it into the stands yeah, I mean, that's, they just watched it. They were, just, they were mesmerized they were just, like we were. That they they had the yeah, same reaction just, I did. Like, wow, this ball's spinning. I'm just I just got yeah. caught staring at it. But the difference is, I'm not on the on the hands team on the field right then and there. Um, it, it's just yeah. it's never probably going to happen for the Falcons. The Cowboys are in a re- very bad division, and maybe this will be the wake up call to get them going forward. Um, Joe, I did I did want to spend a few minutes before we switch sports here on our respective teams. I know it's been rough for the Broncos, given what the injury bug did to them. Uh, was not pretty. They did fight and almost, you know, and almost take it, take it back from the Steelers there. Uh, but you know, yeah, Drew Locke, who I'm a fan of, Von Miller, the injury before Sutton now out. It's probably just not going to happen for you guys this year. And I actually thought they might be the last wild card team in the AFC. So with that, I guess I'll just have to give it to my Browns. Hey. I- I think that that's exactly what's going to happen <laughs> right there. I think those the Broncos and the Browns were going to be the, at least in my opinion, were going to be the two teams that are going to be fighting for that last spot there. And I thought so too. Now with basically losing like every quality starter on offense and defense, Drew Locke, Corlin Sutton, AJ Bouye, Von Miller, you know, uh, Philip Lindsay was out. He's got turf toe now and that's a nagging one. So that's going to be on Melvin Gordon. But um, it just was so disheartening because, 
I felt not just me, but pretty much all Broncos fans were super pumped going into this year. Like, you know, everybody was picking them to be that next come, come up team, young team coming up and yeah. uh, kind of sucks. But seeing how they played in that game against the Steelers gave you a little bit of hope. Um, Jeff Driscoll, though, taking a sack on fourth and two on the whatever 15-yard line was just uh, – I was ready to just toss him out right there. So they went out and signed Blake Bortles, so there's that. Well, it was a rough week. Uh, I guess or my Browns will just have to pick up the pieces and, and go into the playoffs. I just really would like to play the Bengals uh, secondary every week. I think it's good that <laughs> uh, <laughs> to get Beckham and Baker their confidence back. All that, all the Thursday night game. I mean, I, I'm a, you know, Joe, I'm a results based guy, and you're playing the competition. The win was good. They had to have it. The Bengals are not going anywhere this year, as good as Joe Burrow did look in his second start. But they had to get back to the basics of making Chubb the guy. And finally, they realized they had him for four full quarters. <laughs> I mean, you got Chubb and Hunt. That backfield is uh, pretty absurd. Mm-hmm. You got quite the talent on that offense. Baker just has to, you know, put it together and make the right decisions in key situations and make good throws. That throw he made to Beckham down the sideline was honestly one of the best throws I've seen him make. And, yeah, it wasn't, you know, like completely wide open, but I haven't seen Baker kind of have that uh, pizzazz or that kind of confidence to make a throw like that. Um, But I guess knowing that he can just turn around and hand the ball off to Nick Chubb and have the confidence in him to uh, make – the plays that he needs to make and pick up the yards that he needs to pick up, that opens it up for play action for, yeah. for Baker, which is pretty much really all he needs to be comfortable. And getting him outside of the pocket is really where he he did, he plays best. So um, I think the Browns, like you said earlier, they could be the team that takes that extra slot there. Um, that game against the Bengals was – very very crazy very interesting to watch Joe Burrow looks amazing I am uh, so frustrated with <laughs> Zach Taylor as the head coach of the Bengals just just because he uh, packs uh, Mc, pack McVay's jockstrap doesn't mean he knows Jack about <laughs> coaching so for him to this is not me saying this from a fantasy standpoint this is if I were a Bengals uh, fan standpoint you look at um, the the great players that they have on that offense and the good players that they have on that team. You look at Joe Mixon, right? He was not on the field in the two-minute offense. He was not on the field in uh, key situations. It was Giovanni Bernard. It was bad play calling. Yeah, Joe they... Burrow should not be th- Joe Burrow should not be throwing the ball 61 times in a game as a no. rookie. You just signed Joe Mixon to all that money. Granted, your offensive line is not that great, but maybe don't call all of your runs out of the shotgun. Maybe yeah. you know draw it up a little bit differently. You're, it's just the way that they ran that offense didn't cater to Joe Burrow having any success, really. And the amount of success he had was all on him. You can't put all that on a rookie quarterback and expect him to win you the game. you got to... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Make sure you use utilize all the things around him to help him get uh, be be successful. So yeah, as as you you kind of got lucky that well, they were going look, up against Zach Taylor in that game. Look, I yeah, Burrow still put up numbers. They still put up points. He was throwing to you know AJ Green and and who's and who's who of uh, or who cares sometimes they say of of receivers like no one knew half the guys he was throwing to and he still put up numbers. So. He's somebody that if you're a Bengals fan, you love seeing what you saw. You just want him to stay healthy. The Browns' issues are going to be in that secondary because they can get picked apart. We've seen it. So um, 
it's going to be a battle. Like it is going to be a pun intended dogfight down the stretch. They've got to play Baltimore one more time, Pittsburgh twice. The schedule isn't as hard as it's been, but there's some tough games in there. Uh, so you, we'll see. You've got a good chance. Well, Washington this week. I, we'll never see. Sold, I'm never sold on the Steelers with Big Ben. Him staying healthy for an entire season is completely up in the air, and he makes everything look mm-hmm. about as difficult as it could possibly look, making yeah. any kind of throw. The only reason that he had a half-decent game was because the Broncos had those injuries in, in the secondary, and they're starting a rookie corner who got absolutely burned by another rookie, Claypool, on that play. <laughs> and he, uh, and he, Ojemudia dropped another, he dropped a wide open yeah, interception that in was the end. Bit, yeah, but Roethlisberger that... threw right to him. <laughs> and I, I just don't, I don't. Steelers, yeah, they have a great defense, um, but as you saw, like Devin Bush, you got to if you have a tight end, like. I don't know necessarily if the Browns, they have Austin Hooper, who that was honestly a great signing for them to go up against the Steelers because Devin Bush, yeah, he's a great linebacker, but him in coverage, Noah Fant made him look silly. And Mm -hmm. I think that Austin Hooper can do the same thing. So I honestly would give the Browns a little bit of an edge there. And the Browns have good, have a good, they look like they had a decent pass rush. Miles Garrett played pretty well. It's kind of crazy seeing how he's, easily back in the league and nobody has anything bad to say about him after he clubbed Mason Rudolph in the head of the <laughs> yeah, everybody loves last him. year but but everybody loves him again so well um I'm excited yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to see where it goes Washington's a big game that's going to do it for NFL talk other than I wanted to tell you that you know week three still alive in my uh my survivor pool it's a tough week but I think it's a smart move to just keep fading the Jets so I like the Colts <laughs> against the Jets because I mean if that's you can my, pick against the Jets. That's my suicide pick. Absolutely yeah. suicide pick. Not even, not even a question. And if and if they do, I won't even feel bad about it. The league's over. I think, I think I think everybody's going to pick the Colts this week. Uh, all right, Joker's Alley Money Mitch effect. Got to talk Stanley Cup because, yeah, it's September 22nd, and the Stanley Cup finals are going on. Uh, it's Tampa mm-hmm. and Dallas. I think these are the two southernmost teams to match up in the Stanley Cup final in the Corona Cup, as it's been called, the bubble in Edmonton, and Tampa got back to one all in this series in the game last night. Just what a violent affair. What 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 a violent mm-hmm. affair. And uh, if you're Dallas, Joe, especially, you got to kind of stay. You got to kind of stay on the ice and even strength. They're aggressive, man. They play tough. Uh, they hit. They hit hard. And uh, just watching that game, they you can't win. You can't win when you're in the box you you, you got to have five guys on the ice i mean and that's been the problem with them throughout the entire playoffs and uh i think they're second second most penalized team out of the entire uh, stanley cup playoffs and you can't do that against the team that is that good on the power play like the lightning are and they showed it in in game two what they score three in that in that first period on they the power scored, play they and they didn't even three, have yeah. coach yeah, I think one of them wasn't. Six. I think one of them wasn't a power play, but they got three chances in the first, and they scored on two of them. And they and that power play was so bad going in in game one, and uh, they needed you know they got the chance to kind of snap out of it. Kucherov took a couple hits, high stick, ended up with two disgusting assists on that penalty kill. You saw Dallas fight back, and it was very reminiscent in that third to how they looked at the end of that Vegas series when they won Game Five after being down two nothing. Dallas is going to fight. They're going to play on that line. They're going to be intense uh, for Tampa Bay. 
they broke through on 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 really what has been would you say would you say the story of the playoffs or one of them I should say is how Dallas came into this playoffs not really sure about the goalie situation and Kadobin just became the guy like became one of the best goalies in the league in the bubble when he wasn't even expected to play yeah I, I know all year we were praising uh, Ben Bishop and how great he was but Kadobin has really was go-to for them pretty much towards that last back half of the season there and then coming in the playoffs and just being the guy was was he got in the playoffs let's see what's he got here 2.57 goals allowed, not great. But you compare him to Vasilevsky, and it's just kind of night and day. Well, what's um, weird is what's weird is that in, in Dallas, I believe they they got to the Cup final with a negative goal differential. That really doesn't happen. So they they got when they lost, they lost. I mean, they got blown out, but they were able to just come back and win a lot of close games and a lot of games where they relied on him. Game one, he was insane, especially that third period where Tampa basically dominated. And I think you did see an adjustment, Joe, where Tampa was like, we're going we're gonna to get just as nasty as we have to be. We're going to mix it up. We're going to get to the front of the net. We're going to scrum after a lot of plays. I think they needed to. I mean, well, Tampa's, Tampa is based on skill, one of the most skillful teams in the league. But they said they acknowledged in the offseason after they lost to yeah, the Columbus Blue Jackets, got swept out. That's what happened last year. They needed to get tougher. Well, you saw that when Dallas made that adjustment. Um they they came back in that game two there, in 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 that third period, you saw Tampa Bay kind of got off their game a little bit the way that they were playing in those first two. And I don't know, man. I I I kind of want to. Obviously, we're going to see how this plays out, but I just can't stop thinking about the comparison to the MLB, where you look at this weird season and this weird COVID bubble and all these kind of things, and the teams that choke every single year in the playoffs you got the lightning here Mm -hmm. i mean they're supposedly the top team top ranked team that's supposed to win every single year and you compare it to mlb it's like the dodgers 60 game season the team dodgers are the team that's that are always favored to win every single year it just kind of feels like the year when i'm not going to say it doesn't matter but the year where it's totally different and the games are different and the environment is different just kind of feels like it's fate for the lightning to take this it's kind of feels like it's fate for the Dodgers to yeah. take it where everyone's kind of going to be like okay yeah you can have your title now and then leave us the hell alone. I'm just really impressed with and I agree with you I think Tampa like they've had chokes in the past this Dallas team the way they're built the way they're peaking you know I know you were big on them before maybe you just got the year wrong but that roster yeah, is the, really they, they built won. for it they are. They definitely are. So I would not be surprised if they won, but I would definitely be crushed because I picked the Stars to win it all last year. I did have them in the Cup final again this year, but I think we both had the Leafs winning it all, which obviously that didn't work out. But I mean, they're look. They're two evenly matched teams. I just, I just think Tampa Bay's got the the talent edge, and I think that they just they, they have it. Obviously, Dallas. They got that leader in Joe Pavelski that kind of gets them through, and they have that great young stud defenseman in Heskinen, who mm, I loved stud. ever since he came into the league. And uh, they're kind of getting production out of out of guys that you know maybe we didn't have great years and we didn't hear a lot of, like Kiefer 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 Anta, you know, yeah, the hat trick Kiveranta, game he, seven. <laughs> he, he's yeah, he's scored uh, big time goals. He he stood up big for them I, last year. He played eleven games and. And this year, you know, you toss him in the playoffs, and he's been doing it for him. And Sagan really hasn't necessarily no, that's a been crazy that thing. guy for them this year. He he's got two goals 
in the in the playoffs, and you definitely want to see more out of him if you're Dallas. But Jimmy Ben's been doing it for him. But I mean, the Lightning they they just have it at at every level, and obviously you've got my ex Ranger guys on there. You got Shattenkirk, McDonough. I mean, I know you miss McDonough, and the guy you wanted in I the trade McDonough. but didn't get Sergachev. He's disgusting. Uh, I mean, have a great. Yeah, that was one of the biggest not gets for them in that trade. Yeah, but, it's uh, you know what, and I will say this: Tampa Bay win or lose, it's shown me a lot of Kucherov. He's battling. Braden points, establishing help himself as a bona fide stud, and Victor Hedman's the best defenseman in hockey. I don't even know what the debate is right now. Like I would have him absolutely. clearly over any other defenseman. Six six, he can do it all. Has that disgusting lettuce? I mean, what what's not to like? But <laughs> uh, but I, I want to mention somebody on Dallas because you mentioned how they were built with the skill guys, the young skill guys, also the guys like Pavelski and Corey Perry that can get to the front of the net and just muck it up. But uh, Garyanov, Dennis Garyanov, the rookie that they have who's been doing pretty well with, I think, nine goals in the playoffs this year, he's part of what we're going to look back on, Joe, we already look at as maybe a top three greatest NHL draft ever. That 2015 draft, I was just looking at it the other day, the first round, where you went McDavid, Eichel 1-2, Marner Hannafin 4-5, Rowenski eight, Ratanen Ratanen ten, then you got Barzell at sixteen, Giryanov went twelve, Chabot from the Ottawa Senators eighteen, Brock Boser and Konecki twenty three and twenty four. Those are all first round picks. I mean, it's very rare. <laughs> I mean, they're, every you, pick hit. I mean, Giryanov looks like he's going to be an all star, and if that does happen, that would push us to two, four, six, eight. That'd be the eleventh all star already in the first round. <laughs> wow yeah that's unreal let's hope that continues uh yeah as we see this next yeah. upcoming draft <laughs> yeah sebastian ajo in the second as well i forgot the rangers got the top pick so yeah i'm expecting a seven game series be nice to see stamkos out there but uh man i think this is just going to be a fun one and uh you know I, I don't i don't know what to expect i actually think the stars win it i just it feels like their time they feel healthier and hungrier but tampa's been proving a lot of teams wrong so we'll see We'll see. I think, I mean, it feels like both their times, honestly. But I, I just, I think Dallas, I think Dallas has a little more time. Like you said, they're they're built well. They have great young talent. I just think the Lightning are kind of like, okay, this is it. We got to take it this year. And they have the better goalie, and I think they have the better power play. And once they get Sam Coast back in there, I, I think they're just gonna they're just gonna be tough to beat. Yeah, man, I can't wait. I really can't wait. Uh, do you have any quick thoughts before I let you go on the awards that game came out? I forgot to mention. You got Dreisaitl got the MVP over your boy, Panarin, and uh, McKinnon, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Roman Yossi getting. I, I think the big three that I wanted to, to just get your opinion on was Yossi getting the Norris at, over Carlson on defense, and then uh, Kale McCarr getting Rookie of the Year over Quinn Hughes. All tight races, and I don't even think I'd have an issue if they all went the other way. Yeah, no, like we we talked about, like last couple last time I was on here, um, I think you could you couldn't go wrong any of them. I have no problem with any of the decisions that they made. I think I had Kale McCarr winning that Rookie of the Year trophy, so I'm I'm game for that. <laughs> um, Sucked not seeing Panarin get it, but I totally get it. Dreisaitl was just unreal this year. I mean, like we were talking about, was it because 
he's got McDavid or he's just that good of a player. And it's because he's just that good of a player and he deserved it 100%. It just uh, kind of sucked to see Edmonton fall off there, but um, would have liked to see him and McDavid kind of make a push, but um, I have no problems with any of it really at all. Just, you know, I'm just really happy to see a Ranger in it <laughs> up for it. Yeah. I, I, for me, Panarin was third. It was, he had a great season and uh, you know, McKinnon, I think, is the second best player in the league. But I just think what Dreisaitl did, McDavid was out. He finished 13 points ahead of everybody else. And, you know, he had to produce when when they needed him to. So he had the season, uh, I think, for sure. The Norris one was interesting, too, because Carlson started out so strong. But what Yossi did down the stretch, and I think the difference is, and this is why I love that pick, Yossi defends a little better. It wasn't just about the offensive numbers. If you look at the D zone and, and the impact there, Yossi is better in that area of the ice. So I like to see, you know, good defense get recognized as well. But an interesting year and some interesting, uh, obviously rookie of the year is going to be first time, but the other two first timers as well. Happy to see that. A German NHL MVP. So shouts to uh, Dreisaitl there. Joe Crisali, this was a blast. I'll let you go after I give you a minute to talk about your thoughts on baseball and your confidence ranking, rating, your confidence rating of the Yankees going into the MLB <laughs> bubble playoffs. I mean, my confidence with them is, I guess, I mean, I guess it's high. I, I mean, okay, it sounds high. <laughs> it sounds high. <laughs> I mean, they have the talent. They have the players. I just, I'm not in love with the way that Boone runs that lineup and the way that he just constantly changes it every single game. It, if it works one way, keep it that way. They scored 20 runs or whatever that uh, last week in a game and the next day the entire lineup was was different and then the day after the lineup was different just think about that from like a player's standpoint mm-hmm. like what do i got to do to stay in the lineup i mean think about the headache that that's caused clint frazier you know he's played so well this year you don't have to tell me about to clint frazier i you guys like clint was my boy in the indians farm system and I've just been furious just and i don't even like the yankees but not giving that kid a chance is really upset me to say the least he well they finally gave him that vote of confidence uh which was great to see he you know they they trotted him out there even when stanton and judge were back they kept him in the lineup and they put him out there because he's played so well but it's not like he didn't deserve that before he just got so much flack when he first came up with the yankees and he made a couple mental mistakes in the outfield which in any other team, you forgive that and you just move on. But, I mean, it's the Yankees. So, <laughs> they just don't have that luxury. But the difference being with the Yankees, they get their top players get hurt every single year. So, that opportunity was there for him and he took it. And he's mm-hmm. kind of been the guy for them. And, I mean, other than Luke Boyd, who's just been an absolute monster. What a steal of a trade with the Cardinals to get him over. Yeah. Um and LeMayhew, what an amazing signing. He's got to be one of the best players in the entire majors. He does everything so well. It's just so great to mm-hmm. see him out there. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Cole, was he worth all that money? Sure. I mean, I'd like to see him win every single game. You're making that much money, you want him to have an ERA of zero. But he's just uh, he's just the guy. He, he carries himself. He is just an uplifter on the team he makes everybody around him better he's a great teacher to the younger players on the team and Mm -hmm. um i think the yankees are deep they they have a chance to make a push but 
you know, going against a team like the Rays or the A's, I mean, the A's without Matt Chapman, I'm not totally sure about them. But like I said, when we were talking about the Lightning, uh, as much as I hate to say it, it kind of just feels like the Dodgers just feels like that kind of year. be careful, though. We're going best of three in the first round, right? Best of three? Yeah. Ooh, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I, uh, look, we'll see. We will see, but I, yeah, the Dodgers have looked like the best team. It's been nice to see the Padres. It's just also like, like you mentioned, like a lot of teams, even in the AL, haven't really done it before. They're kind of just new onto the scene, so we'll see how they perform in big games. Uh, my yeah. thoughts on the Indians are Bieber for Cy Young, Ramirez for MVP, Absolutely. and they might not get out of the first round with any games because they can't hit. So they've got three guys that can hit. <laughs> I'm pretty pumped about those three. I'm terrified of the rest of the lineup. I think the pitcher should probably DH instead of the catchers hitting because <laughs> it's yeah, been pathetic. I, but you know, J Ram is an amazing player. Uh, every year, every year, I think the last three or four years, he's just been one of the top guys. Bieber is an unbelievable pitcher. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. He's a Cy Young, hands down, not even a question. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, just looking at just looking at making it through, I, I would not hate a White Sox Padres World Series would you I would, I would I wouldn't like it I wouldn't like a Chicago White Sox team in there uh but uh yeah look just from an exciting standpoint from an I exciting standpoint the, yeah no I, I get it that wouldn't be bad um you know if the Dodgers don't make it man it's gonna be another tough off season for the Dodger fans but uh, this this is their year, it seems to be. Well, we'll see. we got a lot of baseball left, and, and I promise once hockey ends, I'm going to dive in, really get to studying, and, uh, you know, open up my, uh, my you know, get the intel a little better because I've been following the Indians. I've been keeping tabs on the other top teams, but haven't really dove into it uh, like I should. But uh, we'll see. If it's Yankees and Rays, I just want to know how many fights are going to be. I can, hopefully I can bet on that. It's going to be it's gonna be Yankees-Rays. It might even be A's-Rays. In the ALCS, so I mean, we'll see. I, we know who it's my, not going to be the Astros. Good riddance. Yeah, thank God. I mean, <laughs> come on, get them out of here. And they lost. I mean, I feel bad for Verlander, but karma's karma is what it is. I'm never going to feel bad for Kate Upton's husband. So we can just <laughs> stop that right <laughs> then and there. Yeah, don't want to see anybody. Do, don't want to see anybody injured. Hate to see that, but you know he'll be okay. <laughs> He's got a He'll good enough life. Uh, Joe, pleasure. We'll check back uh, probably when the baseball playoffs are in full effect. But thanks for coming on the show. Uh, hope the, the Nuggets make you sleep better going forward. And uh, appreciate you coming on the Money Mitch Effect. Absolutely, dude. Nuggets in seven. Book it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Huge thanks again to Joe Crisali. And uh, a couple things, though, before I let you go. UFC's got Fight Island fights for the next five weeks. Uh, and uh, our friend of the program, Jose Young's good buddy, is uh, actually there. So we're going to have to uh, maybe arrange something with him. He's covering the fights for MMA fighting. It starts with UFC 253, style bender Adesanya, Israel Adesanya taking on Paulo Costa from Brazil. Costa's tough, but Adesanya, I like him to keep that middleweight title on lock. Reyes Blackowitz as well. I like Jose, I like Dominic Reyes, excuse me, to uh, get that vacant light heavyweight title fight. And again, shout out to uh, the U.S. Open just to put a bow on it. Uh, some of our bets last week 
uh, with Josh Witten and David Barcott. Did go our way, some didn't. Bryson DeChambeau winning the U.S. Open, going away. So props to him for getting his first major and uh, keeping it going, keeping his momentum going. Lots more sports on the Money Mitch Effect to break down in the weeks to come. Check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Follow me on Twitter, Money Mitch M21, and check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. French Open starts next week. We'll break all that down as well. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Thank you very much for listening, and keep enjoying sports. <laughs>